My name is Sal Abenanti. I'm an independent comic book artist, uh, publisher of a couple of books, but Atomica is really what we're talking about. First off, I mean, just a stunning looking comic process wise. How are you able to pour so much detail into page after page? What, you know, what is an illustrative process that, that is this level of detail like? Well, Atomic, I mean, I always tell indie, anybody who wants to get into anything indie, whether you're a writer or an artist or whatever, you, you, you really should have some kind of a emotional leverage towards the, the project or towards the subject matter. Uh, I was trying to get into main when I when I decided to do Atomic, I was trying to get into mainstream comics and I could not get arrested. They just did not want my stuff. So uh, I kind of just poured that angst and that kind of frustration or that that wanting to do my own thing or wanting to do comics into Atomica. Um, I was lucky enough or fortunate enough to at the time indie, indie publishing was really getting affordable before if you wanted to do a comic you could do black and white, it would cost you, you know, you had to start at $50,000 because you couldn't go to a printer and say, hey, give me 20 copies, give me 500 copies. You had to do print runs of 100,000 or forget it. So, but to answer your question, it was really just, I was pissed off. I was really angry with com the comic industry as a whole. I did every portfolio line. I went and saw every editor and they just kept telling me the same thing. We like you, we really, really like it. You can't use it, you know, and that's kind of like, you know, kissing the girl goodnight for a year. And then after a while, you're like, this ain't going anywhere. You know, they're being nice to me, but I wanted to draw Luke Cage. I wanted to draw Captain America, New Gods, and they just weren't having it. So that's kind of where Atomica came from. When you have a, a particularly unique style that, that goes throughout this entire book i mean it's particularly grim it's particularly detailed. disturbing disturbing one editor said my art is very disturbing <laughs> and <laughs> and good <laughs> or it's you know it's not boring you know i i think it's extraordinarily befitting of the story that atomica tells but to get into that part of it in a second but even before that like where where did this style of of drawing come from how, how is this where you found yourself when you become an artist it's kind of like uh it starts out as a hobby and then it becomes you just need a place to channel your creativity so i always in my mind i mean people are like oh who's your influence and they name artists i never heard of and i'm like guys i was a jack kirby john busama guy you know i read john ramita death of gwen stacy i was not reading any you know abstract expressionist or impressionist stuff i was just i was mainstream comic i was a marvel guy and uh but i i i grew up with kirby and kirby was a tremendous influence in the sense of uh i didn't you know i didn't copy these guys i just felt that what i learned most from kirby was products should i mean comics should be a product of your imagination they should be just, you know, exaggerate and draw it the way you feel and the way you see it. Uh, now, when you want to do that, that's great until you go to Marvel and say, hey, I want to draw, you know, uh, your book. And they're like, well, you see what our books look like, right? Well, they don't look like this. So um, at some point, you know, my style is a blessing and a curse. Um, I'm excited that, uh, you know, I don't look like everybody else, but that being said, you better just put it out yourself, which is what I ultimately had to do. In a lot of ways, it's Marvel's loss. <laughs> 
Well, no, no, it's okay. I mean, I, I heard a lot. I mean, my God, every line I stood in, I remembered every horrible critique I got. And they all start out with what kind of drugs did you do in high school? And they all, you know, and, and, oh my God, this work is this, and this work is that. And it's like, guys, I don't, I don't know uh, any other way to do it. Uh, I've tried to tame it down and it just winds up, you wind up going right back to where you, you know, you were. And so uh, uh, Atomica was just kind of the, uh, growing up in the seventies, Russia was always the evil empire. So I kind of chant, and I and I was a lover of Thor, John Buscema's Thor, who had a big influence on me as a kid. And then New Gods changed my life when I when I first saw it, Jack Kirby's New Gods. Um, so I just channeled that whole Russia was the evil empire into my own book. And after a lot of portfolio line failures, some friends of mine in the comic industry said, Sal, they're never going to hire you. Forget about it. And so I either decided I was going to become a plumber or join the fire department. I was going to join the fire department or I was going to print my own stuff. So that's where putting Atomica out by myself came from. Yeah, you, you sort of half answered my my next question, which is, is yeah, the, the Russia is this evil empire. It's it's several decades of of an alternate history of of Russia from the 20s to the late later part of the century. Right. In in what ways the the art meant to reflect a reality versus in what ways it meant to reflect uh, a, a boogeyman? Uh, it was well, a part of it was I mean, I wasn't you know, the title is God is Red, which is, you know, it's not religious, it's not political, which is, you, you know, kills me because the first thing people think when they see the title and they see Russia is they think that I'm, what are you, a communist? And I'm like, guys, come on. I, it's just, it's a comic. Um, but I also felt that there's kind of a statement there in the sense of technology. You know, I grew up in a big Italian Catholic family and everybody went to church, but nobody goes to church anymore. Technology has kind of become our God, has become our religion. And so that's kind of where the idea of where Atomica came from being, where, you know, tech, you know, religion is. And then when I started to do some research on the Soviet Union, that's what they told the people. They said, look, the, the state is your religion. All religion was outlawed by the Soviet Union because they thought it was counterproductive to the state. So I thought, oh, they just created their own God, which is technology, which is technology is going to solve all our problems, which we know it doesn't. But that's what we were told in the 50s, that there'll be no more poverty. There'll be no more, you know, disease. There'll be no more. And it's, it's all, it turned out, no, it's all bullshit. But uh, I kind of melded that with new gods and then threw Thor in. Yeah. Well, and, and so the, the comic very clearly, I forget exactly the line in it, but there's a line at some point that specifically it says you, you have to, in order to have this new God, there must, you must build this mythology around it. Right. right. And uh, there's also the whole, the beginning of the story revolves around the, the death of all of the old gods and, and the ways that Atomica and representing and representing technology and, and movement into the future has to, I mean, in the comic, literally kill all of the old gods. I'm curious, where, where did, did those old gods, did they come, did they, you know, their names and the ways that they were 
developed as 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 concepts? Did they come from directly like indigenous traditions in Russia yeah. or yeah. were they adaptations from things and it was more of an original ideas? No, I would like to, t- well, a couple of them were like Chernobyl was, my, you know, his son is Chernobyl. And, but um, it's kind of like what Kirby did with, um, or what Marvel did with Thor and did with, with Asgard and all those guys, those, I didn't realize that as a kid, but then as you get older, you realize those are all based on Greek mythology. So when I started to do more and more research on, on the Soviet union or Russia, I started with Russia before the Soviet union, tremendous amount of mythology. They have all these mythological gods because it's such a huge country that I thought, okay, here, here I go. I got my, you know, my kind of my counterparts in the sense of atomic is the new God. He's the, he's the 20th century, the God of the 20th century, which is technology. Now all these mythological gods who had been worshiped are dying because a God dies if it's not worshiped. So he now is jealous the way, you know, you would be if you want to be worshiped. So he wants to eliminate all these mythological gods of Russia and Baba Yaba and all the, you know, Morasco, Pravada, they're all based on Russian mythology. You know, you just kind of put them your own way. And then Alex Ross, who's a dear friend of mine, he's like, hey, what about a Russian Justice League? And I'm like, well, I don't want, you know, so that's where the state came from. In the book, there's this group called the state. And it was just kind of my riff on if I had a Russian JLA. So it kind of, went in that direction a little bit, but most of, I would say 99% of the characters are based on Russian mythology. As for their designs, were they, were they derived from particular interpretations? Yeah, I got in a little bit of problem with Atomica because uh, there's the, there's the comparison to Dr. Manhattan. Everybody's like, Hey, he looks like Dr. Manhattan. I'm like, well, he's really not. I mean, everybody in comics loves Watchmen, obviously. And I'm a huge, uh, Alan Moore fan and Dave Gibbons fan. But uh, as I started to design or, or lay out what I wanted Atomica to look like, I kept coming up with all these different costumes and outfits and none of it, it just all looked like an American superhero. No matter what I did, it looked like an American superhero. So I remembered back to uh, uh, Michelangelo and how the way they portrayed gods. Gods are very vain. So the reason that all those, you know, a lot of the, the Renaissance paintings and especially the ones in the Vatican and the Last Judgment and are naked is because they're very vain. You know, so I said, well, I'll just make them naked, but I'll wrap them in a Soviet flag, kind of like the kids are all right from the who. I remember that album cover where they're where they're sitting there and they're just wrapped in the in the British the Union Jack. So I said, well, I'm going to just simplify it. I'm going to break them down to not giving them a costume because it'll look like an American drawing a Russian character. So I said, all right, I'll just make them naked, wrapped in the Soviet flag. He's a god, so he doesn't need clothes because he's very vain. And then I stuck, you know, I put the, the red star on his head. But yeah, there's been people that are like, hey, he's Dr. Mitt. No, no, sure. But there's always going to be a comparison to anybody naked who's Dr. Manhattan, but I couldn't make them naked because if you make a naked character, they won't let you put them in the catalog in the previews catalog. When you want to sell your book, they'll put it in the, they'll put it in the adult section, which means nobody will ever see it. So I had, to, I put them in the Soviet flag. 
I always like to, to finish up asking just what do you hope that people will get out of reading Atomica? Well, I mean, Atomica, I mean, what I like about doing this, this, um, this is kind of what I've wanted to do for a lot of years and COVID uh, created a perfect situation for me because I just did a Kickstarter campaign with, with my graphic, last graphic novel. And this Atomica uh, was a labor of love 10 years ago. And I got a lot of great artists in, the, in those days, I was doing a lot of cons. I was doing a couple of cons a month in those days. So I was able to get a lot of creators to contribute to Atomica. So, but because it was an indie book, it didn't get a tremendous amount of exposure because, you know, a lot of comic stores just won't, unfortunately, won't touch indie titles. They have their set. And, and in comics, you know this. I mean, everybody has, there's a tremendous amount of brand loyalty in comics. You've got your Wolverine, you've got your Batman, you've got, you know, when you go to a comic store, you already know what you're going to buy. You know, it's like cigarettes. You, you got your brand. So getting people to buy indie titles is tough. With this, I'm putting this omnibus together where it's all 12 issues, but I've also got a tremendous amount of pinups and covers and back covers and, and art that I got. Some really... Uh, great guys to do stuff for that nobody's seen, you know, I mean, because it just didn't get a lot of exposure, you know, Alex Ross and Bill Sienkiewicz and Darwin Cook and, and Claudio Castellini and Simon Bisley and a lot of uh, guys that were really cool enough to help me. Um, it didn't get a lot of exposure with this omnibus edition. Everything's in it. It's all 12 issues and it's all the the extra bonus stuff and, the love and kisses edition. So I'm, I'm pretty excited that this is, I can put this to bed and say, okay, guys, here's all the stuff that I got for this book. Yeah. It's definitely, it's not for everybody, but it's definitely a difficult industry to get things to break past the, the wall of these are the three things everyone knows. And then there's also everything else. That's also awesome. It's tough. It's tough, but you, you know, look at the end of the day, when you put an indie title out, you know, that going in, you know that it's going to be a push. Yeah. So, you know, but that's kind of why you do it. You do it. It's like, you know, you do it because you have to do it. Well, I certainly think it's a quite a, 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 a unique and pretty cool comic. We will certainly look forward to sharing this interview and, and promoting it when I the Kickstarter it. officially launches. And thanks so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. I, you know. Absolutely. Is there any internet presence or places that you would like to promote? Yeah, I mean, you know, Mercury Comics or, you know, Sal Abenanti. I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not a big secret anymore, you know, but um, it, with that, you get to, there gets to be a lot of noise, you know, after a while, you don't even see or hear the stuff anymore on the internet because there's so much of it. But you still got to do it. You still have to, to uh, you know, get it out there. Well, again, much appreciated. Many thanks. Thank and uh, have a good rest of the day.